Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. Today, we're going to continue this conversation about no excuses, Last Friday, in the 5-Minute Friday, I talked about having a life of no excuses. Now, that naturally brought up some questions, and and I'm going to drill down a little bit more and create some finer and finer distinctions around this, because I I actually had a couple questions in our Facebook group. But also, too, I'm aware that in the context of a 5-Minute Friday, uh, a 5-Minute show, or 9 minutes as it went... Uh, It's not possible to talk about all the ins and outs of how to show up because, you know, this is called the Aligned Self Podcast. And when we move ahead with no excuses, we almost have to adopt the attitude of being an automaton or like a robot. When we ignore any rationalization, ignore, we just do it. Just do it. Just show up. Do it. And that's what Nike says. Just do it. But the conundrum is, how do we know when we're pushing the envelope? How do we know that we're doing something that our body and our mind is actually saying, hey, take a break, do something else. This isn't working for you. And so one of our listeners, Mario, posted something in the Facebook group, which I didn't immediately understand. I had asked him a deeper question, but I'm going to read his question. I'm going to read my response. And then Shell also added to the conversation and brought up something as well. So we're going to talk about all that today, how to create finer and finer distinctions around how to know when you're pushing their boundaries or or actually creating a toxic condition or living in the context of no excuses. And if you haven't yet listened to that episode on the 5-Minute Friday, A Life of No Excuses, essentially you either do things or you don't. And if you don't get them done, you usually have some rationale, some reason on why you didn't get it done. But ultimately, you either do it or you don't. If you don't, sometimes there's consequences on not getting it done. But those rational reasons are really just an excuse to explain why it didn't get it done. And everyone will probably say, it's understandable. You just couldn't get it done. You didn't feel like it. You didn't, you don't worry about it. Everyone usually will let you off. And we're conditioned to have people let us off. But you really want to be able to make a promise to yourself and keep that promise to yourself because it has greater complications, greater ramifications with you, with your self-esteem, if you make a promise and you don't keep it to yourself. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you know yourself to be a person that doesn't keep their word. And ultimately, don't you want to be a person that keeps their word? And so we'll talk a little about that today. So I'm going to actually start this conversation or begin this conversation a little deeper by sharing what Mario wrote in the Align Self Podcast listeners Facebook group. Hello, yesterday I listened to the No Excuses episode, which was one of my favorites ever. But it brought up a question for me. What would the difference be between no excuses mindset and just straight up a toxic work mindset? I feel like a toxic work mindset 
would have a hidden belief of, I can't do it, but I'll do it anyways, because I have to, which would lead to an expected deterioration of ourself. Whilst the no-excuses mindset eliminates the can't-do-it-ness, is that a word, out of our belief leading to empowerment instead. I've been wondering about what Daniel and you guys think. And I responded to Mario to ask him to define the toxic work mindset. Because at first glance, it wasn't readily apparent what a toxic work mindset is. And he wrote this, I think a toxic work mindset would be, for example, let's say I'm a musician and I want to finish an album of 12 songs in 12 days. But by day five, I have only one song finished, so I keep working 16 hours a day to finish this. And I say or think stuff like, the need to go out and get some sunlight is an excuse to stop working. Or, the want I have to stop and watch just one episode of my favorite show is an excuse to stop working. And so on and so on. In the end, I don't get the album done. I think that might turn self-harming at some point, or maybe that's another excuse I'm making in my mind. It's a bit confusing for me right now. And then Shell added, I'm guessing here, but I'm thinking he's asking, how do you know when you are making an excuse? Some of us get burnt out trying to stay in the no excuse zone. That is probably how I got into survival mode, if I'm being transparent. And Mario added this to what Shell wrote. That's not exactly what I was trying to get to. More like if there's a line between no excuses and sort of impossibility. Like if I was a runner and broke my leg, I guess training would be pretty impossible thing for some time. But at some point, it turned into an excuse not to do it. So, how do you arrive at a point where it's a real valid reason and not just an excuse? Well, let's just say that any rational reason you come up with is potentially an excuse. And this is where you have to really look at it for yourself. What's your emotional investment in it? What deadline is there? Who am I committed to in this? Did I make a promise that I don't necessarily want to keep? Did I make a promise to myself? Is it important to me? What's the payoff? So there's some questions there that we need to ask on who are we performing for ultimately. And what's important here is not necessarily to be a dilettante with yourself, to force yourself to do things you really don't want to do, but it's to arrive at a point where you have a cooperative relationship with all parts of you. See, anytime we have an excuse, there's a part of this that doesn't want to do it. That's a subpersonality rears its ugly head, or it seems like it's its ugly head, but what it really wants for us is the most benevolent outcome. It usually doesn't want us to stress over it. It doesn't want us to feel bad. It wants to take the easy way out because that's more fun. It, it, it ultimately just wants us to be happy. But in the end, no matter what reason you come up with, it could just be an excuse. How do you know the difference? Well, ultimately, there is no difference. Sometimes there's there's reasons. It, you, it may seem like a good reason. But if it absolutely positively had to be done, could it have gotten done? 
For instance, I've had people show up at my workshops late. They show up five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes late, and they say, sorry, I ran into traffic. But I guarantee you that if they had bought plane tickets, airline tickets, chances are they would have gotten there early. Most definitely, they would not have called the airline to hold the plane saying, hey, I'm kind of held up in traffic here. Would you hold the plane? No, they they organized their life. They arranged their circumstances, their schedule in order to be there on time to make sure they have plenty of time for anything that might show up to get in their way. And so when someone shows up late to an appointment or or to a workshop and they say it was traffic, I know what they're really saying is that I did not plan to be here on time. So anything they come up with is ultimately an excuse. In the example that Mario put out there, uh, creating an album with 12 songs in 12 days, unless you've done that before, it might just be wishful thinking. Because if you really look at it, what it takes to create 12 songs, is it going to take actually more than 12 days? And I realize he might have been being extreme just to prove a point, but you need to take that into account. Is my expectation on the front end of this, was I accounting for all the potential things that could go wrong? Was I accounting for other people to show up, other people's interruptions, other people's circumstances? Was I planning for circumstances that would potentially be on my control? And so in Mario's example, here we are on day five and only have one song, do I work 16 hours a day for the next uh, seven days in order to get everything done? Only if you have to. If you're committed to someone else, you're going to pay big for that. I would say, like, if you're going to lose millions of dollars, I'd say you better stay up, buddy. Get her done. You know, do whatever you have to do. Because ultimately, you know, when that contract, if it's, if it's a contract... When the time comes and the 13th day arrives and you don't have 12 songs, you're in trouble. If you've promised it to somebody else, you're in trouble. So you just may have to pull out all the stops, do whatever it takes. And anything that gets in the way of that, oh, I'm tired. That's just an excuse. But remember, you set this up on the front end. You planned it this way. And see, that's part of the problem because a lot of times people come up with excuses because they did not plan adequately on the front end. They were using magical thinking or wishful thinking, thinking that everything would fall into place and everything would happen according to plan or according to, you know, with no hiccups. And uh, I think you have to plan for hiccups for the most part. When you can uh, accommodate them, when you can actually bend and be flexible around them, then you actually can accomplish the things that you want to do. But with that said, Sometimes there are things that happen that seem like they're out of our control. And the question is, is can you perform triage? Could you take up the slack? Could you try a different approach, be more flexible in how you're approaching it or doing things in order to still achieve the outcome? I would say go through the mental gymnastics, go through the questioning process is there anything that you could do? If you were to play the game, and this is really what it is, it's playing the game of no excuses. I'm not necessarily saying you have to live your life with no excuses. 
but you have to be aware of what are the consequences, what are the cause if you give into a rationale, give into the excuse. Because you've probably heard that innovation is the mother of necessity. <laughs> Strike that, reverse it. Necessity is the mother of invention. I had that wrong the first time. Necessity is the mother of invention. If you absolutely have to get something done, sometimes we come up with some very creative ways to see it through. But if we automatically stop at a potential excuse or reason, and oh, I don't have the time, ran out of time. So is that really the truth or is there something else you can do? Can you renegotiate? Can you do a different plan? So how fast are we to buy the reason, buy the rationale? Not to say it's not valid or it's not necessarily uh, unavoidable. Because sometimes reasons come up and excuses come up and they're, they seem like they're unavoidable. Can you still accomplish the spirit or the intention regardless of what has shown up, regardless of the reason? And I've talked about being unreasonable before, but I'm not necessarily saying harm yourself in the spirit of no excuses. You have to take an assessment. You have to actually check in with yourself. Is the payoff there? Is this important enough for me to push through to find another way? Am I willing to accept this reason? Is it an acceptable delay? The other thing to think about, the other thing to consider is oftentimes we'll create an intention, create a goal, create a schedule for ourselves with the intention, with the idea playing in the background that if something comes up, I'll just reschedule. I'll just show up late. I used to show up late until I decided that it was a poor excuse, that I would do whatever it takes to be there on time, that in showing up on time, it was not only honoring my own sense of time, but it was also honoring and being respectful of the person I made the appointment with or the other people in a class, in a seminar. If I was showing up and I was an interruption to everyone else just because I didn't plan accordingly, is that really fair to everyone else? The other aspect of this is adhering to your own integrity, that your word is your bond. If you say you're going to have something done by a particular time, you need to honor your word. And if for some reason you didn't plan accordingly and you're not going to make your deadline, as soon as you realize that you're not going to make your deadline, you communicate to the parties involved and say, I'm not going to make my deadline. You don't offer any excuses. You don't offer any story. Nobody cares. I'm not going to make my deadline, but I can have it done. But, you know, I'm not going to make it by Wednesday. I will absolutely have it done by Thursday. Will that cause a problem? What will be the impact to you by not receiving it on time? But that agreement is usually done only when you've exhausted every possibility to get it done on time. Because after all, you did promise to get it done on time. Now, I do think it's worthwhile to say here that 
as I'm talking about this, of being a life and having a life of no excuses, I have and occasionally use excuses, rationales, reasons on why things don't happen the way I, I think they should happen or the way I wanted them to happen. And so this is a standard that I'm holding myself to as well. And so I, I'm just wondering whether or not I've been specific enough here on what is an excuse and what is a real reason. And ultimately, if you're expecting something to happen and there's reasons, I used to work for FedEx many, many years ago, and sometimes there'd be a snowstorm, a blizzard that would freeze an airport. Things weren't coming in or going out. But if you're in Florida and you needed that contract to get there from New York and it didn't arrive... You don't care what the reason is. You don't care what the excuse is. All you know is that contract did not arrive on time. Now, FedEx used to have a money back guaranteed absolutely positively the next morning by 1030 or your money back. And that was where they stood behind the promise because a lot of delivery services up till then didn't really, you know, stand behind their service. They didn't they or they wouldn't guarantee but, you know, if you if it's a $16 million contract and you pay $10 to get that overnight letter there, getting the $10 back is the least of your worries. You want it to get there. There used to be a time that if you needed to get something across the country, you hired somebody, a courier, to actually get on a plane and fly it there themselves, straight there. It would probably cost you something on the order of five to $10,000 to have someone fly across the country to deliver a contract. Today, we kind of take that for granted. There was a time when we had fax machines where we would scan a document and send it that way. Now, just about everything's digitized. We can send it in an instant, get it signed, and get it sent back to us over the telephone, over the mobile phone, and it's all complete. And so when we're ascertaining whether or not it's a worthwhile or a critical reason or excuse, you need to look at the consequence. What's the consequence of this not getting done? What's the consequence of it not happening in the time frame that I want? Can I make it up? Can I begin tomorrow? I think last week I said that because my wife was sick, I was taking care of her and also taking care of our son, that... I couldn't get a podcast out. That's an excuse. I could have got up earlier. I could have done it earlier in the a.m. before anyone was out of bed. I could have got it done. I could have done it. But I used a rationale to under, to make it easier on myself, I guess, to where I didn't have to do it. Or I, And what's the consequence, really, if I don't get a podcast episode out? Well, you know, there's some disappointment. I know some people expect it especially if you're caught up and you're listening to the episodes as they're doled out, as they're released. But some people are, are on episode 6 right now, or episode 40. And the fact that they're going to miss out on the timely delivery of episode 322 doesn't mean anything to them. And so in the grand scheme of things, while it's not going to change anybody's life, it's not going to um, cause harm if I don't get an episode out, there is a semblance of a broken promise there, not only to myself of consistently getting episodes out, but also to the listeners that have queued up and are waiting for the episodes to be released. And so what I can do is take an assessment of what happened, how did things happen, 
and plan ahead for next time. Start batching things in advance. Really make a commitment to it to where if things pop up, if things occur in my life to where I can't get out a timely podcast episode, there's already one sitting in the wings. There's already one queued up to be released. And so it's not dependent upon the circumstances of the day-to-day or the week-to-week on whether or not an episode is released on time. Sometimes I'll come down from working in my office all day and my wife said, I haven't touched a dish in the kitchen. I'm just too tired. I'm not going to do it. Okay. There, it's not her job to begin with. And just, she doesn't, I, I, I let her off the hook. That's okay. I'll do them in the morning. Because at that moment, I don't feel like doing them either. But if we really look at it, she could have done the dishes at some point during the day. If she was really committed. But it's not that big a deal. It's not that critical that they get done. Now, in the scheme of things, there are items that are urgent and there are things that are important. Urgency screams, take care of me now. It's not necessarily important. Like a ringing phone cries urgency, answer me. But it's not necessarily important. And many of the things that are important to us that would make a real difference with our lives aren't necessarily urgent. doesn't matter if we do it today or next week. If it not getting done won't break the internet. It won't break. The world will continue. We just won't get what we want done. And so how do we begin looking at the things that are important to us, but we keep offering up a reason or a rationale why it can't get done? You could look at that as just an excuse. You're not doing the things you need to do. Now, there's another conversation here, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, and it has to do with alignment. See, when we're aligned, there are no excuses. When we want to go to the party, we find a way to go to the party. When we want to be on time to the airport, we'll move heaven and earth to get to the airport. And sometimes, sometimes things happen in a way where we just don't make it. We miss the flight, but we're really committed to arriving in California or Michigan or New York. And so even though it may not be in the time frame that we originally arranged, we'll figure out a way to get there. Seldom do we miss out on things completely. Sometimes we just have to adjust our approach. And again, it depends on the promise or the commitment that I made to get to wherever I'm supposed to get. The other consideration here, and I just kind of touched upon it earlier on, like in the first couple of sentences, is that we need to tune into our inner signals, be inner directed. And so take an assessment, are these promises or commitments made to other people? Is there a fallout? If you have a commitment on the job, if you don't make the commitment, are you going to be fired? Is your boss going to be really unhappy? See, your boss is most important in this because they determine whether or not you continue in that role. And so they're not going to buy necessarily an excuse, maybe once or twice, but over and over again, then you become a liability to the company. But sometimes we never ask when the boss actually needs it. And so we break our neck. We move heaven and earth in order to get it done when we think it should be done. And the boss says, oh, I didn't really need that till next week. It's like, oh, gosh, I wish you would have told me. Well, I wish you would have asked. And so if we're dealing with commitments or we're dealing with time, always ask when or by when do you need this by? 
And if their expectation is not in alignment with what's possible for you, then you can say, I can't do it in that amount of time. Unless I don't do this project or don't do that project, I can get it to you, but that means these other things will take a second seat or a backseat to this priority. And I say, oh, no, no, don't do that. I really don't need it until next week. I just kind of wanted it, you know, by Friday. And so with that said, don't make a promise that you can't keep or you're not committed to go over and above to keep. Because if you make a promise to someone else, if you make a commitment to somebody else, they're going to expect you to do whatever it takes to see it through. Another frame I like to use comes from Immanuel Kant or Kant. And he's German, was a German philosopher. And he used to have a position he called the universal maxim. And it kind of goes like this. If I don't do this, if I buy into this reason, this rationale, and it became the law of the land, because a lot of times we'll say, you know, this excuse, it's just me, or it's just this situation. But let's assume that if you use this reason, use this excuse, and everybody across the land, everyone around the world can use this excuse and will. Is it a kind of world that you would like to live in? Is it a society in which you would like to be a part in? If you cannot unequivocally say yes, then you need to not buy into that excuse. You can't use it because you're actually being incongruent with the world that you want to live into. So I hope this answers your question on the finer points, the finer distinctions of a no excuse life, actually allowing yourself to use rationales or reasons to not do things. What if you didn't use them? What if you actually got things done, did what you said you were going to do, do the things you want to do? That's the big question. And if there's other questions that haven't been answered in this episode, by all means, drop me a line. Leave a post in the Facebook group, the Aligned Self Podcast Listeners Group, or there's a number of other ways you can drop me a line. A lot of people do. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>